All right, Andy, top five Luda songs, go. Top five Luda <laughs> songs. Uh... Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of Two Guys, a Girl, and a Comic Book Podcast. My name is Andy. Along with me are my two always wonderful co-hosts, Ryan and Kelsey. How are you folks doing today? Uh... <laughs> So this is a thing that happened. You know how last week we were talking about how amazing like Birdman and all that kind of stuff was? Yes. So initially I had only seen like the first 10 to 15 minutes of it because I had some like burned screener that my grandma got in Hollywood the other day and it was not top quality. And so when I first started watching, I was like, man, this movie seems fucking awesome, but I can't, I can't watch this. And so I, um, I went and I saw it tonight and I was so happy because it's so good but i was also so fueled by rage because the dude at the movie theater fucking carded me for the r-rated movie like i haven't needed to be carded for a fucking decade <laughs> like, i'm so upset like, i guess I it's a know. compliment it means you look young i don't, don't want to look 17 <laughs> like, i'm a goddamn adult i pay bills <laughs> like, like i don't know if i should be just more like who the fuck are you or if i should just be like really proud of my skincare regimen but like either way i'm just it's a weird day i'm sorry <laughs> isn't it funny like too when you get like a burner or whatever and like you get a screener not a screener but you get like an early copy but you watch it and you're like what is this shit? This ain't <laughs> HD quality. I'm not fucking watching this. That's my favorite thing that I miss what? about the Pirate Bay is when people would be like on web streams, they'd be like, three out of ten, this is fucking horrible. It's like, yeah, it's a video camera in a fucking movie. They like, it's not gonna be top quality, bro. Like, just pay eight dollars and watch it, maybe. Whatever. <laughs> but, but yeah, we're good. We're great. Let's talk. <laughs> but uh yeah, so we've got actually a whole lot of really great news this week. We just today had some groundbreaking casting news that came down. Uh we've got uh, some award nominations for some comics that we love. Uh Marvel has given us kind of a look forward at uh some of the upcoming events that they have going on. I know last week we mentioned that it was like the first time that we saw the actual Secret Wars title on there and they've gone one step further now. We're going to talk about a brand new spider book that's going to be coming out next month and uh, also a comic book TV show that has a interesting <laughs> release platform. But before we get to everything else that's comic related, the top of the news media comic book related sphere right now is the X-Men Apocalypse casting announcement. Yes! Uh, we recently got news that Brian Singer will be directing and uh, we've had three roles that have just been cast. Now it's uh, no surprise that these are three pretty big roles. It's none other than Jean Grey. Uh, Storm and Cyclops. Sophie Turner from Game of Thrones will be playing mm -hmm. Jean Grey. Ty Sheridan will be playing uh, Cyclops. His most recent work has been uh, a couple of small, like, independent films. Nothing too, too big. And then Alexandra Shipp will be portraying Storm. She's been doing a couple small things as well. And I actually don't have a future credit for her, so I feel terrible. But I'm going to track that down. But, she's uh, in a Lifetime movie. <laughs> there you go. A Lifetime movie. Um, <laughs> but she definitely looks like, I mean, what I would assume young Storm looks like. And I don't know. I couldn't be more excited about this. I know Kelsey was probably the most excited about this news Listen, it's because Sophie Turner is my sweet baby Princess Sansa, and I love her more than anyone or anything, except for the other varying characters in the Game of Thrones universe, I guess. Um, but I'm fucking stoked because I 
wasn't a huge fan of any of the people who were cast as those parts, like, in the originals. Like, I don't know. Like, this just feels way better. And the only thing I'm kind of hesitant about is getting, like, too amped for it. Because I'm like, oh, my God, they're going to replace these fucking people. It's going to be so good. And these people are great. And they're younger. So it's going to be, like, more relevant to, like, how the original stories were when they're, like, in their fucking tweens and shit. Or I guess not the originals because they were, like, older. But um, one of the timelines when they're, like, tweens. But I'm not sure if they're going to be, like, super central characters. Or they're going to be, like, kind of flashbacks. Or they're going to be, like, taking over the rank. Like, I don't know how they're going to be incorporated. And so I don't want to get myself like too hyped up for something. And then they just have like a 20 second rogue cameo at the end. <laughs> well, especially because at the end of the last X-Men, they showed like James Morrison and Famke Jansen and, um, and uh, what that one bitch who plays storm. <laughs> Halle Berry. Yeah, whatever. Fuck her. She said that, she was too good for the X Men movies, so I don't really give a shit about her. But um, he just said he was too good for Thor, but we still love him despite his uh, performances. Barely, barely right now. Hate your tongue, sir. No, well, man. I'm I think sorry. You can, I think you can kind of write off like the former stars of these roles being in Days of Future Past as just kind of being like timeline stuff. Because from my understanding, they're going to be kind of focusing on the younger age of all of these guys like you kind of mentioned kelsey you know in like the more tweeny um as hollywood period. does <laughs> yeah and i mean and to be I feel fair, like if they're gonna the, go ahead go sorry, ahead with the x-men franchise like fox can literally just be like mm, i'm fucking over these guys new timeline <laughs> like that is not a novel concept to X-Men. They, I was saying to you guys earlier, they literally have, like, thousands of alternate, like, dimensions and worlds and Earths and shit. So, like, them trying to find, oh, yeah, like, they, a splinter a shit. timeline in which they can, like, throw these three in there, not going to be a fucking problem. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, if they are, I mean, it's called, uh, called X-Men Apocalypse, right? So, mm-hmm. if they truly are doing the Apocalypse storyline, then... Cyclops, Jean, and Storm should definitely all fit into that storyline. Oh, they cast um, uh, Apocalypse, too. Yes, uh, uh, Oscar Isaac. Yeah. There you go. So, pretty amped. I think it's going to be pretty cool. And, like, I was just doing, like, a lot of, like, X-Men homework today because that is my favorite, like, telenovela kind of franchise in all of comic book land um, that's been going on for a long, long time. Those are my stories. <laughs> oh, you sound like my tia. Um... <laughs> But so I was, like, doing some, like, research on it today because I was just, like, laying in bed this morning, like, before class. And I was thinking, like, you know what? What would it take for Fox to give up the X-Men so Marvel could have them back? And I did, like, a lot of, like, research on the topic, actually, because I'm that fucking person. And I started, like, accumulating, like, a list of things. So it looks more like a fucking abstract to, like, a dissertation. I was literally just reading about all of these things and, like, how certain people aren't super popular and certain, like, um, installments weren't super popular and all that other kind of stuff that would have to go downhill. And then it's all happening, like, today. <laughs> I'm actually really excited about it. I feel like I like, got a little bit of that Jean Grey going on right now in my brain. I hate Jean Grey. She's a horrible <laughs> character. Um, that's just because she was not given a proper chance in the OG X-Men, and then she got significantly more badass as time went on, but at that point, everybody was just like you, and she's like, man, I don't care. Jean Grey's pretty much just a foil at all times. No, I, I stand my ground, man. She was in the beginning when she was just like, look, it's a girl on the X-Men. Look and then it's like, look, she's so powerful. Boners. And then it's like, look, Scott and Wolverine both love her. And then it's like, look, she's dead. Is she coming back? Is she coming back? Is she coming back? No. Stay dead. 
I don't Except want you in my X Men comics. Entity. <laughs> so Ryan, are you saying you would rather have Quentin Quire wield the Phoenix Force than Jean Grey? Oh fuck yeah, I love Quentin okay. Quire. He's right. so fucking punk rock. It's rad. <laughs> okay. And I love his relationship with Wolverine way more than I love Jean Grey's relationship ever with Wolverine, where it's basically she just like leads him on. Yeah. Okay. First well, of all, I, don't be a fuckboy about it. Yeah, Second of all. <laughs> uh, that is truth facts. I read all fucking 500 Uncanny X-Men issues, and, like, the whole time, like, I don't, like Jean Grey is just like, oh, yeah, I kind of like you, Wolverine, but Cyclops is over here. The real relationship you need to focus on with Jean Grey is her friendship with Storm, because that's my everything. And ladies being friends with other ladies is just another excellent thing with Shine Theory. So you just need to calm down. She's not, like, a horrible character, but if I had to pick... Like, she's not even close to my top five favorite female X-Men. Out of, like... Because there's, of, like, a thousand of them. So. Yeah, well, I mean, out of, out of, like, female rosters, though, the X-Men probably has, like, one of the best. Yeah. I mean, if you go through, like, Justice League or, like, Avengers, I, I don't even think there's a lot of female characters in there that I really give a shit, like, too much about. But the X-Men have so many characters with, like, distinct personalities. Like, I would take Storm. I would take Psylocke. I would take Rogue. I would definitely take Shadowcat. Like, Kitty Pryde's one of my all-time favorite characters. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm definitely with you. And all of those women are in my top five. And Jean Grey is not. However, I'm just saying she hasn't been given the same chance to develop and to be, like, an actual, like, dynamic character yet. So, hopefully, my girl Sophie Turner... years i don't care that That was enough time no dude you can't start the timeline in the fucking beginning of the fucking goddamn silver age when people are just talking about like oh well she's the girl though like she was there but she wasn't fucking present like that's not rogue was introduced with a mullet and she's a cool character now like she had a mullet no (laughs) there's nothing uncool about mullets all right there's everything uncool about mullets (laughs) No, dude. No, I'm gonna have to respectfully fucking dis- disagree here. And by respectfully, I mean you can suck it. But like, <laughs> plenty of opportunity to be a cool character. No, dude. Not when she's moment. being written by dudes who aren't giving her the fucking chance because society doesn't. I'm fucking. Uh, no, I can't talk about like, this. Like, years, really for like ten years, from 1965 to like 70 something until Claremont took over, and then after that, like and then she Claremont had... wrote forever. <laughs> yeah, I think Claremont wrote everyone else like a badass, and Jean Grey was still super boring because she's a very generic cardboard character well i think that like gene gene kind of is like a like a victim of being gene to a certain degree um it's almost she has like a power creep that goes on when you like associate like the phoenix force gene gray as like a telepath and then like you add in like like we were mentioning right there's a bazillion fucking different universes within the x-men and like all of them have a gene gray right and I think that sometimes it's almost the same way with like Professor X and Magneto to some degree, although I guess recently they've taken some of Magneto's power away, where they always just get written so fucking immensely powerful that it's hard to kind of put reasonable obstacles in their way. And, you know, I, I will say that like it's well, really the whole easy to get that tired of that fucking. That's because she's boring. <laughs> Yeah, she isn't okay. She's a fictional fucking character. She doesn't just exist as a boring person. Like she was written as yes, a boring she... person. Like <laughs> I think you're, yeah. you're blurring. Like she's not like a real fucking interesting human. characters. <laughs> Whatever. Fuck it. Whatever. <laughs> but like but I mean like I, I mean I can say that like there's nothing no, dude, that it's I just hate. like Superman. It doesn't matter who writes Superman, he's gonna be a boring fucking character. 
See, this is what you said about like Black Widow, and this is what you said about fucking um, who are we talking about? Superwoman, one of the other podcasts we did. And I feel like with like a good enough like single storyline, or with like a good enough writer behind her, like you'd be fucking like you know what? Yeah, fuck it, I like Jean Grey now. Like I believe that in you, and I think that you're just setting your way right this minute. But when that happens, we're just gonna we're not gonna even say I told you so. We're just gonna let it happen and enjoy it. I think just like anything, I think Ryan is just like Ryan's been hurt in the past. He's read. (laughs) all of those terrible Jean Grey comics. Like, this is the reality he knows. He's not happy about it. That's why he's so furious, right? Uh, He wants Jean Grey to be a better character. He wants better characters. No, I agree with that 100%, but I'm just saying, don't blame her because she's not a real fucking person who can, like, shoulder that responsibility. (laughs) Like, I believe she has the potential, is what I'm saying. She's real to me! But I mean, like, you know, like, I, I, I will say... This is a movie that's going to have some, you know, like you're starting to to step into the big shoes to fill. You know, you've got all of the roles showing up. X-Men First Class, it was like, oh, we're we're the X-Men, but we've also got like, you know, we've got some other like, you know, like Pixies showing up. And, uh, you know, we haven't checked out the background on some of the characters that we're including. But like now, th- like if you ask someone who the X-Men that's are... <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you ask someone who the X-Men are, the odds that someone says Pixie and the odds that someone says Jean Grey or Cyclops or Storm are, like, so immensely different. So, I don't know. I mean, I think it's overall it's fantastic news. I, I couldn't be happier about the this casting. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess Kelsey, Kelsey was joking earlier. She was like, is Lupita Nyong'o looking <laughs> Aurora, which unfortunately she's not, but um So you know. clearly Fox has not been reading my diary, so we're safe. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just really upset because that's everything that would be perfect to me. Like I would be so behind that it wouldn't be funny. Like I would just get a fucking sleeping bag and go camp out in front of the movie theater right now. I don't care. <laughs> I will say I did always enjoy James Marsden as Cyclops, though. I did, too. Although I hear that he's kind of just like, hey, so can I play Cyclops again? So this made me a little bit sad for him. I'm like, oh, guy, come on. <laughs> I mean, like, the other thing is it's been it's been rumored that or somewhat confirmed that, like, we're not going to get Patrick Stewart or Ian McKellen. As, yeah, that like, one, I think that one has been confirmed, yeah, hasn't it? As, yeah, it has. As Xavier or as Magneto. So... You but know. we got my sweet baby Fastbender to be Magneto, so yeah. that's really all I need. Also, speaking of um, Fastbender, just quick side note that we definitely do not have to delve into. I didn't realize that he had been confirmed as a lead for Assassin's Creed, like, next year. <laughs> like, I didn't, like, or that that he's, was... Yeah, even, he's like, producing, too. I had no fucking idea, oh, and like I heard that. some like, points on the back end. And now he's... Got- it's giving me a case of the vapors. <laughs> I don't know what to do about it. But, He's also um, starring in like a badass Macbeth coming out. Of course he is. He's just perfect. Like I joke around a lot about people who can get it, but no, for real, he can get it. I mean, I'm sure he knows that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he for sure has read my diary because I have sent it to him. No, what was I was going to say about X-Men though? Oh, that's another thing I'm kind of interested in, but I'm not sure about it yet because I'm still kind of sketchy and like Ryan, I just have been hurt too many times. Um, I've heard rumors that they're also going to have cameo of um, Channing Tatum's Gambit 
in Apocalypse. I know. I know. Like, I don't want to, again, like the same thing before with like the new cast members. Like, I don't want to get my hopes up or anything like that. And this is like the inverse of that. Like, I don't want to get my hopes like too down and then be like, oh, man. And then just be like so closed off to the idea that even if he does it well, I'll be like, fuck him, though. (laughs) So I don't know. like Channing Tatum I really do actually like I thought he was great in 21 and 22 Jump Street and um I actually thought he he did really well in Foxcatcher for like a dramatic role I I like him as an actor and even like as a person he seems really cool but like homeboy's not Gambit (laughs) I know we've talked about this already so I'm not gonna go super deep into it but like I just I want it to be so good so I'm kind of giving him like the open-minded opportunity um but like I just I'm so afraid. <laughs> I've seen Channing Tatum with long hair. He has in the beginning with 21 Jump Street, and he looks like a fucking goon. I feel like I'd be a different kind of thing. Like, it's the same way. Like, this is a terrible. I'm not going to say it out loud. Never mind. <laughs> I don't want people to associate <laughs> me with that statement I was about to say. <laughs> uh, Never mind. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, so uh, moving on. Uh, we had some good news for a handful of comics that we have recommended over the past few months. The GLAAD, or GLAAD Media Awards, that's the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Def- Defamation. They hold a annual media awards, and uh, earlier this week they announced that uh, there are five books nominated for the uh, comic book category, and <clears throat> none of them are published by DC or any of its imprints, which yeah. I'm sure Fucking it surprise, makes sense surprise. to mine. Um, <laughs> Actually, I gotta say, I wanted to have. Is this the first time that they've done awards for comics? Uh, they've done it 26 times, and they've uh, done the comic book category since 2003. So this is like the 11th year okay. or 12th so, year. So like, I, I would be interested to see how many times DC was on those lists uh, mm-hmm. or Vertigo because you oh, got to really? think with with like <laughs> – well, like with Constantine and, and Batwoman existing, um, like you got to think they'd be on there a couple times because, I mean, as much as I love to bash DC, they're pretty good with like – Equality. I mean, like John Constantine has been bisexual since like the late, like or the early nineties. Yeah, no, that's very early in the Hellblazer run. Um, I, I, I think like you know, like jokingly, uh, you know, DC. We joke a lot, but you know, Ryan, all comics have done a pretty good job of being as inclusive as the time would allow. Not to say that that was inclusive enough, and I think we've all been strong proponents of more inclusive niche and, rep- and representation within comics, but um, this is just one, uh, you know, great outlet that, uh, you know, we can kind of look at some comics that have done a good job, and uh, um, the comic studios that showed up and did well, uh, there were only three studios that were represented between these five comics, and that would be Marvel, Boom Studios, and Image Comics. Um, the comics in question are Hawkeye uh, by Matt Friction, David Aha, um, Jasper Perdillo, Javier Perdillo, and Annie Wu, uh, and the rest of the team, essentially. Lumberjanes uh, from Boom Yay. Studios, Noelle Stevenson, Grace Ellis, Book Allen, and Shan Waters. Uh, Mimetic, uh, which is also from Boom Studios, which I believe we mentioned when we mentioned Lumberjanes. Um, with James Tynion, the fourth, and Eric Donovan, 
Uh, also, Rat Queen, something that we are big, enormous fans mm-hmm. of. Mm-hmm. Uh, Curtis Weeby and uh, Rock Upchurch, uh, an image book. And last but not least, uh, Saga, which, of course, if you listen to the cast, you know how much <laughs> we love this uh, book. Brian K. Vaughn, Fiona Staples, uh, another image knocking it out of the park. Um, I'd be happy with any of these comics uh, Me too. winning. So I, I, I just think this, it's great news. Yeah, I saw this list and I was just like, oh, I got Saga. And Rat Queens, and Lumberjanes, and Hawkeye. Like I just couldn't pick one for like a like runner or like a front runner, I guess. Like because they're all just so fucking good and like so well done and like done with so much tact in regards to how they portray these characters that they're being like nominated for. So like I was just fucking amped as all hell. Like this is a great list. This is everything that the Oscars should have been. <laughs> like, yeah, I think I think we're just it's it's good news to see uh comics that really have done a good job of um you know kind of including diverse issues and diverse human beings into their comics. So um good for them. And uh if you guys are looking for those awards, um they're going to be doing uh announcements uh two separate cer- uh ceremonies uh between LA on March 21st and New York on May 9th. Um, it's a whole bunch of different media awards. So comics are not just the only thing there's TV, um, you know, film, there's, uh, you know, written word, there's prose, all kinds of stuff. Um, so it's a giant event. Uh, we'll have some more information in the show notes for you guys. If you want to follow along and, uh, if you want to find out some more information about, um, glad and, uh, how you can help them out to fight against, uh, defamation because that fucking sucks. Um, <clears throat> is um is is someone in Hawkeye gay? The the thing that I can think of off the top of my head is an LA woman, Kate Bishop, becomes friends with like a gay couple who get married. So I think that might be what it is because gotcha. they're just portrayed really well. Um, yeah. I can't think of any other examples off the top of my head from that book. Yeah, I was looking exactly back at the well. past nominees, and Batwoman has been nominated a number of years in a row. Actually, yeah, um, it's kind of surprising. I know that there was a big whole controversy with Batgirl just recently, but I, I do have to say it's a little surprising because they did just introduce like a transgender character into Batgirl. Yeah. And it, yeah, and her it was, roommate, right? Yeah, and it was received really positively, like pretty much across the board. From from what I've heard, the whole shakeup with 37 really did. I mean, the, te- the team, like, you know, uh, from, from all of my understanding and <clears throat> groups that were concerned – um, have been somewhat pleased with the uh, response of the team, but at the same time, like I don't think that they're going to be uh, honoring them w- after what happened, which is unfortunate. But you know, I mean, yeah, if yeah. yeah, if if we're lucky, Batgirl sticks around long enough that next year it can um, break in there, and hopefully, you know, Cameron Stewart, Babstar, and the rest of the team can get some love. I gotta say too, looking at it, I love that they nominate Buffy all the time. So props. <laughs> yeah, it's got it's got some good. There's some definitely some good comics in that <clears throat> in that little group there. Um, yeah, I hear a lot of people who I have been talking to about these nominations. Like a couple of people are kind of like irked that Batgirl didn't get nominated and that Hawkeye did because Hawkeye, for their intents and purposes, are just like a couple of like background panel characters, and that's what's giving them a nomination. But I'd have to add that. It's probably the entire, um, I don't know, the whole book has, like, a feeling of, like, tolerance and, like, acceptance with everything as opposed to 
the uh, recent thing that we just mentioned with Batgirl 37. Yeah. But also, like, Saga has a lot of the same thing, where, like, the only, at least that I can think of at the top of my head, like, openly, like, gay characters are Upshur and Doff, the journalist and photographer that kind of follow around Isn't, um, the story. <clears throat> I thought it was kind of implied that, um, uh, what do you call it, that the will uh, swings both ways, no? Uh, I've only... S- that I can remember, I've only seen that him shit. with a stock. <laughs> um, I haven't seen anybody okay. else. All right, maybe I'm maybe I'm thinking of something else. Maybe but... you're confusing him with his sweet, sweet, uh, like androgynous sister, the brand. I don't know, yeah. but uh, mm. yeah. Anyways. Other than that, like I can't like, and I am obsessed with that book, so. I can't think of anybody oh, else. I guess I'll just have to go back and read Saga. Again oh, to get no, my what a chore. <laughs> oh, man, what a terrible thing. Um, uh, but, yeah, uh, so speaking of things that may or may not be terrible, uh, we had, <laughs> excuse me, uh, we, <laughs> we had a uh, we had a announcement from Marvel this week. They finally showed off the last day's branding um, that will be uh, accompanying the run up to Secret Wars. Uh, and uh, this is going to be terrible, Andy. Yes, the teaser image says. The Marvel unis- Universe is on the verge of destruction. I can't even read this with a straight face. What will our heroes do with their final hours before it all ends? It literally before just a new chapter read... can begin, this one must end. Ah, go ahead, it should have just read Marvel. Now it's DC. <laughs> Marvel, that's the much reboot. all they're doing. Uh, uh, I, when they announced this, like my buddy texts me. And he's like, oh, I guess Marvel's restarting the universe. And I was like, yeah, there's lots of rumors. Like, it hasn't been confirmed. And then he sent me a link to IGN. And they had the whole article from, like, their New York announcement. And then, like, I just fucking fumed for, like, two hours. Like, I just sat there at work, like, talking under my breath. Just, like, really angrily, like, taping things. Just being like, you fucking kidding me, Marvel? Like, what is this fucking (laughs) bullshit? Like, seriously, you're just bringing all these goddamn characters. You're just going to erase all the history like DC did to me. Like, you're going to burn me like this. Like, I'm only buying image forever now like fuck you i'm way over this i'm so mad the best part is i was totally separated from that moment and yet i know exactly when that happened because ryan sent us a text message that was like i have so many words for a marvel this week yeah you didn't even have to say anything else like we just we knew we knew it's so frustrating i like i can't oh my god someone was like someone's like explain it to me and i was like oh oh, okay well here's this thing there's two worlds and they're gonna crash into each other and it's really weird because that happened in dc in the fucking 80s and then it happened again like three fucking years ago so marvel is gonna take this thing that dc has been like lambasted for numerous times especially by me and they're like hey you know what sounds like a good idea rebooting our entire universe by slamming two planets into each other cool like in the dumbest part is they're like yeah there's ultimate world and the normal world and they slam into each other and now it's battle world <laughs> cool marvel you know what else was good cool amaglam comics yeah let's do that again too Woo! god damn it <laughs> <laughs> battle world yeah so this has kind of been taking down from the new avengers storyline also Jonathan hickman is on my shit list so hard right now god it's really hard for me to think about that because i love jonathan hickman so much but 
I'm just oh really baffled as to where this all is going, and I'm like frankly a little bit worried. Like, uh, I read like the I read like the press announcement, and they straight said they're like, "You're going to love and hate us equally." Wrong. I'm just going to fucking hate you because they're like, "We're going to kill characters you love." Cool. That's a great idea. Kill characters I love and replace them with characters from alternate universes. Man, another company has been force feeding that shit into my brain for thirty fucking gener or decades. Stop it. Stop 30 it. generations. 30 generations. <laughs> when 30 asked about the possibility of a reboot, Marvel's editor-in-chief, Axel Alonso, said, read and find out. Oh, thanks, man. What a thanks. prick. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for nothing, Jag. Jesus. Uh, I'm, I'm, like, they said already that the Marvel Universe is going to exist within Battleworld for a while. It's not like Battleworld is going to happen and then there will be, like, an outcome where that's like the new planet like and you know because i'm thinking the end game will be certain characters they'll probably like will be replaced with alternate versions of those characters um honestly i think this is their way of getting a lot of characters that have died back into the universe fucking gene gray is probably going to come back uh but (laughs) um but i think like to marvel players everywhere i just am really upset like that i have to live in a world where where battle world is just like a thing that exists like it would be if you would if you lived in the marvel universe and be like hey man where do you where do you live battle world okay i feel like battle world is an idea that like me and my cousin came up with sitting in like the back of our grandparents backyard like you know what would be really cool Battle World. <laughs> like I a hundred percent agree with you. Oh my god! Like this is like the epitome of like, hey man, want to play with my GI Joes and your X Men at the same time? Yeah. Is that euphemism? It's it's like uh, I think he who must not be named has his hand <laughs> in this somehow. I really do. <laughs> I think when they announce it, they're gonna be like, and special co-creator, this fucking guy. Okay, so so how like, great would it be if the way that Marvel ends its universe is by having him have a hand in the last event and then they're like he'll (laughs) never do it again we're erasing it all goodbye until next time (laughs) (laughs) i mean like uh i I don't know if it was the last comic he would ever have a hand in like writing producing making art i would i would make that sacrifice you would buy that comic i would make that sacrifice (laughs) this like this event to me is kind of like the ant-man movie it's like, I trust you, Marvel, but at the same time, I think it might be a shit show. <laughs> don't you cut me. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, it just really, everything about it upset me. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But, like, like when they were announcing all that stuff, I was like, oh, cool. Like, I'd be really cool if they just were like hey, we're going to explore different universes and we're going to start doing some ongoing titles that take place in these other universes. Um, but now that it's like, we're just cramming all this shit together. We're the fucking Cold Stone Creamery of comic books. Ugh, we're just going <laughs> to fuck all this shit in. Ugh, here you go. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever ugly laughed that hard in my life. Oh my uh, <laughs> the Cold Stone Creamery, creamery. of comic books. <laughs> Do they sing if I tip them? Uh, let's just start throwing singles at him and see what happens. Ryan will start singing something if we th- throw singles at him long enough. Or he'll start taking his clothes off, probably, one or the other. Or both. Yeah, that's true. 
I don't know. I, I'm obviously very opinionated about this. But oh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Are you? I don't know. Well, speaking of Marvel, uh, something that I didn't even like mention in the notes, but apparently uh, Chuisal Idrafor is uh, rumored to be up for a key Doctor Strange role. Now, I saw that. there's yeah. no way that he is, like, uh, uh, Brother Voodoo and they're doing some kind of a tie-in, right? Like Andy, I think Marvel's not that cool, right? This might be it right? for you. This might be it. <laughs> okay. Or Black Wong. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like a whole different kind of... Um, like, I could actually totally you know? see him playing Dormammu. Uh, I mean... Plot twist, he plays Doctor Strange. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually okay with both of those, although, yeah, I, I guess, I don't know. Benedict yeah. Cumberbatch does a dance number to Man in the Mirror, and uh, it's uh, he looks in the mirror and it's it's him. That's what it is. Don't you talk any trash on Benedict Cumberbatch right Can now, be... because I just saw The Invitation Game and I wanted to cry for the rest of my life. Can he, like, walk into, like, an empty dance studio and, like, <laughs> do, like, a dance sequence in, like, the um, mirror, and then halfway through, it's Dormammu on the other side doing the dance sequence as well? That, oh. I don't know if you've seen that movie Gamer from, like, way back when with, um... Oh, I've seen that movie. Gerard Butler, yes? Yeah, Gerard Butler um, and, but Michael uh, C. Hall Michael definitely C. has a dance scene. It's very similar to what you just described. Yeah, oh, fun. I was gonna see that movie, and then I remembered that I have fucking class, so I didn't watch it. Cool, we just... don't. So we <laughs> the shit out of it. <laughs> I think I watched that movie, like, on FX, sitting on, like, a friend's couch. Actually, it's ludicrous in that movie. Because I'll I'll totally watch it if Ludacris is in it. I I, totally honest here. I definitely only saw it because the dude I was blowing wanted to see it, and so that just kind of like transcended throughout like our daily events. So like I don't remember anything except for Michael C. Hall having a dance number, and I was like, that's an odd choice for this. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, I looked it up. Ludacris is in it. Everything. Oh damn! Playing? I looked it up. Ludacris is in it, man. Is he? <laughs> now I have Not to the watch first it. time. <laughs> I'm did literally... you know that, or did you actually just guess the Ludacris is in it? No, I had. I kind of like remembered. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say that is. Funny. Yo, props to you, man. You remembered Ludacris in a movie, dude. That's pretty Luda. good. <laughs> it's the king of the Ludaverse, Andy. <laughs> yeah, no, real talk. Like props to you, Ludacris. Like, he has a lot of control in this domain. <laughs> <laughs> oh man alright Andy top 5 Luda songs go top 5 Luda <laughs> songs uh, uh, my number 1 Luda song is I make niggas eat dirt and fart dust I give you $80 gift certificate to pussies are us I eat the whole pie and leave nothing but the crust so you can feel what it's like with instinct but no guts a mac but no fluts give me a full body massage I still can't be touched they call me Seymour Butts I got more ass than most I don't know any more else I'm sorry so can that be man. our soundbite for the beginning of the episode? It? Okay, so I'm going to need you to re- take that clip of you saying all of those things right now and put it at the so beginning gonna, of every episode. And then so send I'm going to need you to rap at my wedding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm terrible at writing rap songs, but... You don't have to write them. You just have to perform them. Just do Lights Out by Cambino. <laughs> <laughs> As she's walking down the aisle. Take, re- take requests as we're approaching Ryan's wedding. <laughs> It'll literally oh, just be man. me, Dante, and Camps shouting at you. <laughs> <laughs> Cameron would just be shouting like Bone Thugs and Harmony songs at me to troll me, that fucker. Uh, I feel like Cam's. at this point we just have to have him on the show at we some really point. We really do at because some Because we've point. mentioned him in like every episode and it feels really gross. <laughs> like, just like talking We're about not just stuff. like talking crap. We love you, Cameron. 
Anyways, yeah. Uh, so uh, speaking that was, of, nope, just let it go. There crap. is no way you can bring that back. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, so that was definitely nice <laughs> an interesting <laughs> segue. Um, speaking of something else totally unrelated to what we were talking about, uh, uh, <laughs> Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3 will be in Evolution 2015, the world's premier fighting game tournament, taking place in Las Vegas from July 17th to 19th. It is probably the last year that a Marvel fighting game will be in the tournament. Uh, because of the whole crossover with Disney and Marvel, they basically pulled all of those products from the internet and you can't get them anymore because Capcom doesn't own the licensing for the video games anymore. Um, so yeah, it might be a nice kind of send off for Marvel. Uh, the game scene has kind of been dying and I think it will probably be the last enormous tournament for the game. Really? Kind of sad. I don't know. Like, I mean, you know, people love Marvel and there definitely will be some people that still play it, but I don't know how much longer the game can survive without being like updated I mean, there's a whole bunch of fighting games that people thought they would get in. Granted, this tournament has two copies of a Smash game, which is a whole nother <laughs> podcast in itself, but um, uh, that's because the rounds last eight podcast? minutes. Can we do that? <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, yeah. So anyways, fighting games are a thing. July 17th and 19th. If you have never seen fighting games played competitively, um, there is something very easy to grasp about Street Fighter. Two characters, two life bars, a 99-second timer, two out of three rounds. It's very simple. Um, with, like, no knowledge of the game, you can still watch. People get very excited, very hype, and uh, you could also <laughs> join in, whether you're in Vegas or just on the internet. Uh, yes. <laughs> Let me tell you about the other video games that I watched streamed online. Anyways, no. All of uh, them. <laughs> they actually, oh god, I don't want to bring it back to that, but they actually mentioned <laughs> that they are, are probably working on a new video game tie-in to Battle World. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Marvel's shown like this really shitty uh, like mobile game that has the license, and they're like, it's a fighting game, but it's like shovelware garbage um just stop stop it i don't understand with disney behind them now like you'd think they see how successful marvel vs capcom is and like actually yeah i mean like make a real fucking game the unfortunate thing is that the second release of marvel actually didn't do astronomically well the first release did do really well and it warranted the second but um the fighting game like model just the way it's existed for so long doesn't work with the way that like Japanese video game developers work anymore in terms of like making money and you know like the whole thing with like streaming online like there was some issues initially with like permission for certain games and stuff um most of that has been kind of worked out uh you know and most of the problems in terms of like video and like likeness rights for the game and its content stem from like auto content ID stuff on YouTube, <laughs> but that's not as big an issue because you can always find something to watch online. But um, uh, speaking of things that you can watch online, uh, Sony has announced that they have an official release date for the Powers PlayStation Network uh, debut. Powers is a uh, live action adaptation of. Uh, Brian Michael Bendis and Michael Avon Oming's Powers comic, uh, later uh, in the series called Powers Bureau. And uh, Powers basically follows uh, two cops who have to deal with powers, people who have, um, you know, 
superpowers in this universe and uh, they solve cases, track people down, meet other, uh, meet other, you know, superheroes and other powers as they are known. There's a bunch of people who are attached to this project. Eddie Izzard is attached to this project right yes. now. Yes. Um, so, uh, and um, Sherido Copley is, is going to be um, Christian Walker. Susan Hayward's going to be Dina Pilgrim, um, who are like the two main characters. Uh, looks like Noah Taylor, Alicia Rulin is going to be in there as well. That's pretty sick. So yeah, there's a whole bunch of people that are attached to it, and of course it's got Bendis helming the thing. I don't know. Did any of you guys ever read Powers the comic? I, I read the first like hardcover, mm-hmm. um, and I loved it. I don't know why I didn't keep reading it. Honestly, I mean I'm a huge Bendis fan, pretty much all around. Bendis. Yeah, yeah. and it was it's just such a. I don't know. It was a really cool concept, and I liked, you know, because the cops don't have powers. Yeah, no. So no. <laughs> yeah, Christian like, and Dina are very much humans. They are not superpowered at all. Yeah, so they're like policing like the superhuman force, which definitely like added an element to the comic. Um, and I, I really did like it because it was like a true like neo noir like mystery. Um, like I, I think the first whole arc is who killed uh, Retro Girl. Yes. Um, yeah, and it's, I mean it's 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 classic Bendis. So I'm actually really pumped. I know it's been in production hell for like ever. Yeah, I mean part of it uh, is this is the first by FX. Yeah, this is the first program that's been picked up by PlayStation Network. Yeah, there was some talk that maybe FX would be doing some side by side distribution, but I think it's just going to be March 10th series premiere on PlayStation Network. So it's not clear in here. Uh, so the first page will be free to everyone, the first episode. Um, and then after that, you'll have to either buy the episodes themselves, or if you're a PlayStation Plus member, you'll be able to get the first season totally free with your PlayStation Plus subscription. So that's kind of cool. Um, I will say, like, Powers has the unique, wonderful privilege of having two great, like, creators um, sitting at the helm. Bendis is, you know, like all of us would probably agree, one of our favorite writers in comics right now. And uh, Michael Avon Oming, his art style, I am absolutely in love with it. I hate to, like, mention, I get a lot of flack from nerds when I say this, but it kind of is reminiscent for me of, like, uh, Bruce Tim blocky, like, hardline style. And that's actually part of what kind of attracted me to the the comic in the first place. I've read all the way through the Powers arc. It's one of the more recent modern comics that I've actually finished, I guess, or I've caught up to. But uh, yeah, it's, I mean, 10 episodes, live action comic book movie. It's got some big names attached to it. I'm excited for anything Bendis does and anytime <laughs> more comic. You can't overload me on comic book TV. People keep saying like, aren't you going to get sick of it? It's like, no, man, I'm not going to get sick of it. I literally spend like my, my whole life reading it. I'm not going to get tired of watching it. Real quick, too, they actually, I know we talked about casting earlier, they cast Supergirl. Oh, did they? So, uh, Melissa Benoit, I want to say, is probably how you pronounce her last name. It looks French. Um, she's Isn't it like uh, a pastry? She's, maybe, I don't know. No, I don't eat a lot of pastries. It's beignet. Beignet, I'm sorry. Uh, she, <laughs> yeah, that's not how you spell beignet, but. I don't know. Um, I just heard him say it. <laughs> she was on Glee, I guess. Yeah. Hold on, which one? Like one of the, one of the more recent seasons, uh, Marley Rose, yeah, on season oh, four and like at the start of season her five. Mom was the lunch lady. Lunch lady, yeah, yeah. Oh. How did I know that? Yeah, 
Oh my god! Mom's a lunch lady. Which is like I literally haven't watched that show since the first season. Did I just have like some weird like double X chromosome like mind absorption thing that just happened? Like I, I don't understand. A lot of people might scoff at that too because like huh, Glee. That's where Grant Gustin came from, and he's yeah. the Flash. So I yeah, stand. I very rarely hear complaints about Gustin and the Flash. So. <laughs> Except for this week, which we'll get into momentarily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, okay. So I mean, this is and it's for a CBS like TV show, right? Yeah, it's a CBS show. Um, last week they pretty much put like the kibosh on it ever crossing over with Arrow and Flash. Um, like they said, it's just not going to happen because you know DC just likes to spread themselves thin all over like television. Um, but they did, yeah, it's coming to CBS. They have, I mean, they have a star now, so I, I imagine the pilot will get shot pretty soon. And it's, uh, Kara, uh, Superman yeah, or Supergirl. Sorry. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. Writer on the project, uh, worked on Dawson's Creek, Everwood. Apparently Dude, he did some work on yes. Arrow and the Flash. Hold on, you just threw out like a 90s tween drama we know, right? Oh, Jones, oh, those. wait, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I found the uh, glowing, terrible uh, wart on his writing resume. He has it a writing credit for Green Lantern. <laughs> no! <laughs> oh, Ugh. God. Oh, he's listed as a producer as well. Ew. No! The only thing I remember about that movie, aside from it just being like remarkably fucking god awful, was the line, let's take off these pants and fly some planes, which I thought in other contexts would have been great. But just that, I was like, stop it. Stop. (laughs) I just remember being excited because like um, Kilowog and Kantar Rowe are in it. Like, and they were in the trailer. and I was like, fuck yeah, like the cool Green Lanterns. And then they showed up in the movie for like a second. And I was like, this movie's fucking garbage. The other, the other, uh, writer worked on, uh, The New Normal. And... Is, that, is that like a show about like a pregnant teenager? I don't know. It's a show that was canceled, <laughs> it was a, apparently. It was a, a show by Ryan Murphy about a gay couple adopting a daughter. And she worked on Glee. She also worked a little bit on Chuck. I don't know. That's a big question mark for me when it comes to this Supergirl show. I don't know if it's going to be. Oh, that show has what's his face from Girls. Oh, he's the only like redeeming character on that entire cast. Um, Andrew Rannells from oh. the New Normal. Oh like, yeah, yeah. He was I, one I would, of the lead characters. Yeah, like I would never know his name, but like his face, I know. Anyways, sorry. That's <laughs> oh, all good. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Supergirl, CBS. That's the thing. Watch it, um, maybe. Uh, we'll see. Oh, uh, I don't know. Did either of you guys read Pretty Deadly? Um, yeah. From DeConnick and Emma Rios? Yes. Mm-hmm. I love all things Kelly C. DeConnick, as we all know and as we all do. And then Emma Rios is just a fucking treasure. So. Yeah, so buried treasure, or I guess island treasure, is what uh, this next story is about. At Image Expo earlier this month, Brandon Graham and Emma Rios, uh, they talked about a comics magazine called Island. And coming up in June this year, it's going to be a monthly image comic series book that will be 72 pages of diverse artists, single issue stories, prose, articles, art, all kinds of stuff. It's going to be kind of like a mishmash of um, Brandon Graham and Emma Rios like 
collaborating with a bunch of people and didn't we know, just talk about this with the image expo uh we we talked a little bit uh, about it but they finally just revealed um uh, some uh some brand new like images things. <laughs> yes uh there's like um there's I, I don't know like what to describe this it's like an island like city and uh like i don't know it's just it's got some uh it's got some art that of, as usual, it's Emerio, so it looks fantastic and it's detailed. And um, but I'm just really excited about 72 pages of artists chosen by Emerios and Brandon Graham. Yeah, so. and one of the preview pages that they're showing is the ID page that Emerios did, and it's so fucking cool. Like I just want to have it as a poster and just hang it above my bed. It's awesome. Check it out. We'll put it in the notes or whatever. yes, it will be in the show notes. In fact, it is in the show notes. So <laughs> strike. Bam. <laughs> yeah. We're like the Flash. I already had that thing fixed. Oh, wait. The Flash. Speaking of the problem? Flash. <laughs> is that your segue, Andy? Is that where you were headed? Yeah. I think I really ran into that one. Uh, <laughs> I, get, I see what you did. <laughs> and it was awful, but I see what you did. But yeah, so there was a new episode <laughs> of The Flash this week. And... Uh, I would say reviews have been mixed. Pish posh. <laughs> They've been terrible. <laughs> I was trying Don't, to be polite. <laughs> sugar. We know that's your role on the show, but just let us take it from here. <laughs> By now, everyone knows, Andy. You're the nice one. Yeah, you're the nice one. Ryan's a dick, and I am also a dick, I yeah, guess. I'm I don't the know. good <laughs> punk rock Spider-Man. I didn't want to say cop because that's not cool. <laughs> uh anyways but so the new episode for the um i don't spring like the second half of the series premiere i guess um happened last night and holy hot damn it was not great um when we come back it's basically oh um it's basically um barry and iris being super weird and awkward around each other because on the um, mid-season finale then he told her how he really felt about her and like did the whole like let's fracture our friendship thing um and then (laughs) ryan i'm gonna need you to talk about the characters so i can't say their names without laughing out loud for their villain heat wave Captain Cold. Yeah, so those were the two main guys this time. And they're like, you know what? We're going to steal a fucking painting. <laughs> and so the painting's like called like Fire and Ice or Ice and Fire or some other equally brotastic shit. And they're like, this this is so cool. It represents our friendship. <laughs> and But that's not enough. They have to stop Barry Allen because what's the point of running away with all the money and not getting in trouble? Um, And so they use their weird like temperature based guns and try to like take down like fucking central city and it's just the worst and the police force has like weird like heat resistant or i'm sorry like ice resistant shields now and then apparently the only way to salt to like um what's the word i'm looking for to stop these two fucking hooligans it who are the most like overpowered badass people ever who they can't seem to understand how they could possibly stop them with star labs own technology is to by getting them to cross the fucking streams ghostbuster style and it's so painful to hear them reference like like in ghostbusters and like just to watch the entire scene <laughs> and wish it actually happens like i 
face palmed so hard that I just have like a handprint in my face now, like permanently. Like it's not even, it wasn't subtle. It was not cute. It was just so painful to see. And I normally fucking love the flash and like Barry Allen is, this is like one of my favorite like interpretations of him and like this entire world and everything like that. But it was just so bad in like every single way. I just was not stoked about it. It was just awful. Thoughts, Ryan? <laughs> um, yeah, no. yeah, I don't know, but it, <laughs> well whatever. <said. laughs> I I wasn't happy that like they already revealed Barry's feelings, Iris, because we're half a season deep, man. Like that's not very long. Um, I don't know. And yeah, big proponent of the long game, that is for sure. Would you say Barry's moving along quickly Shut in the relationship? <laughs> oh my god! I knew it. I knew it was coming. Shut beautiful mouth, Andy. <laughs> And, like, it's hard, too, because, like, unless you're Jeff Johns, like, it's kind of hard to make Captain Cold and Heatwave cool, you know? Like, they were pretty dumb characters for a long time until Jeff Johns rebooted that series and, like, made the rogues, like, actual foes who were totally badass. Um, but I don't know. I've, I, uh, I don't know. I've always hated, like, it's the same thing when it comes to, like, Spider-Man. He's like, I got Sandman and how hydro man is a villain and because he beats them the same way he just makes them run into each other and then they turn into mud <laughs> so stupid so stupid so note if we ever want to become like element themed like super villains we just gotta stay away from each other like i'll take like the eastern hemisphere somebody takes the west like we'll work it out but like we're gonna need to have like divisions so we don't run into this problem because clearly nobody else has gotten the fucking memo <laughs> it's so annoying also, why hasn't Heatwave? Why haven't Heatwave and Captain Cold watched Ghostbusters? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, man, like this takes place in present day. Like their shitty, like villainy aside, like they've had plenty of years to do that kind of back research. So, whatever. Um. <laughs> yeah, I think the thing to come out of this is watch Ghostbusters. <laughs> and Maybe don't episode. watch. The mid-season premiere of The Flash. Although, the mid-season premiere that you should totally fucking watch is Arrow. Because um, that was on... Uh, oh, yeah. So, The Flash was on like two nights ago. But it doesn't matter because you won't be listening to this on the day we recorded it anyways. Um, but so, <laughs> the premiere of Arrow was actually pretty great, I thought. Um like, come on. Like, nobody goes into it thinking like, oh my god, Oliver Queen's actually going to be dead. Like... Let's, let's be real like that wouldn't happen it's called arrow it's gonna go on he's gonna live it's the way they do um but on the upside because oliver queen wasn't like prominently featured really in like 80 percent of the episode then we got to see all of his kind of like gang um try to do his job without him which yielded pretty fucking hilarious and like just adorable results i would say um because you see arsenal and diggle running around town like trying to shoot guys wearing their little leather costumes and diggle like can't shoot a gun straight or something because he doesn't have like a range of motion in it because it's so tight um arsenal's just a hot mess who's just more excited about being able to ride oliver's motorcycle without getting in trouble than catching a bad guy (laughs) and then like it's just you also get to see um I can't remember his name right now for the life of me. Felicity's boss. Uh, Ray Palmer. Adam, thank you. You get to see Ray Palmer like try 
a piece of the Adam suit on. Just, God damn it, because he can't figure out why it doesn't work. And so it's kind of just like a comedy of errors of all the background characters, except the one shining, beautiful, perfect star in this entire um, TV universe right now is Laurel Lance, which is a sentence that I never thought would ever pass my lips. Um, I didn't start out as a huge Laurel fan. I thought she was super whiny and annoying. But all of that, like angst i've had against her has paid off fucking significantly because she has finally taken up her sister's leather jacket and become the new black canary and we got to see a preview of her just fucking taking down some motherfuckers and just not bothering with the names like i think her line is something like this is the justice you can't escape or something and it was so nuts i lost it a little bit because i just love it (laughs) i I didn't I didn't get to watch the episode. Um, does Ted Grant show up at all? I don't think so. Not to my I, I like really want them to bring him in as Wildcat because I'm a huge like JSA fan. I was a huge fan mm. of like the Justice Society of America, so I really want Wildcat in it for some reason. Um, and also the other question I was going to ask: so um, is Ollie's in the episode? Yeah. Yeah, he. They show when he got, um like, stabbed through the chest by Ra's al Ghul and, like, thrown over the side of a fucking cliff. Although, I will note, for, like, continuity purposes, they definitely showed him being stabbed on the other side of the chest and the one they did for the mid-season finale, but that's fine. Um, and so he lands on, like, a boulder, and even though he's, like, already, like, bleeding from his mouth and his fucking chest um and like on the side of a fucking cliff and frozen to death because he's been there for god knows how long by himself he would be dead as like a normal human but suspension of disbelief because this is a comic book tv show um he gets rescued by his old homeboy from the island ish no not the island the um when he was overseas like doing his undercover thing over those five years um oh, with yeah, yeah, yeah. Maceo, or Matseo, i can't remember what his name yeah. is so he gets rescued by that fucking guy and his wife who is brings him back to life apparently so that's so, okay fun. yeah because that's katana his wife is t- k- katana um they bring him back to life okay do they use a fucking ladder they don't actually show how they do it you just see him do the <gasps> like on the table thing and all of a sudden he's like Maceo because <laughs> oh, like I know he like dropped a like a he tweeted a picture of a fan art of like Ollie's fist coming out of a Lazarus pit and like it was heavily hinted at that he was going to come back through that um, but if he's if he's like waking up on a table or something probably not Yeah, it didn't look like there was a Lazarus pit in the room but I could be super wrong and they could just have really subtle set design but yeah it definitely did not seem that way so. I actually am cool with that like I didn't want Ollie coming back from the dead um, like yeah as, as much as the show like I mean I know it's tying over in the flash and we have superpowers and stuff but there is like a certain like believability and I am actually really yeah. happy that well especially in <laughs> no, Arrow yeah, know, more than Flash like yeah Arrow's way more grounded than Flash is um and I think just like we're gonna throw this dude in some water like some green water and now he's alive again like I kind of <laughs> would have been like nah well it's like how we've talked about like this is like one of the appealing factors of Arrow or Green Arrow whichever version you're into at that time um but like Arrow and Batman and um I guess kind of Spider-Man to extent, although he gets the radioactive juice. But um, 
like these are all just normal people who are just fucking doing things. So people can, it's just a lot easier for them to like kind of place themselves in that role, in that mindset and like kind of envision themselves like kicking ass like that. But as opposed to like, you can't like really empathize with Superman because you're like, I don't, you're a fucking alien. Like, but I don't care. <laughs> At least that's what my reaction is. But yeah, with these guys, they're just like normal fucking dudes who just train super hard and have a grip of money. <laughs> so still can't really relate to that. But um, the rest of it, I think, is I definitely see where you're coming from. It is grounded more in reality, except for with the tie in with the flash. But as far as Arrow itself is concerned, then for sure. But, I don't know. I, I also agree. I'm glad that Lazarus Pit isn't just pulled out. Like, I know. Like Lazarus Pit and Cannon can, you know, it it can heal any wound or whatever. But nah, it's just lazy. Come on, it's such lazy writing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, that's... yeah it's, it's garbage. I'm glad that that wasn't it. I, and I was worried when they announced. I was like kind of blown away actually that they announced Russell Gould in general. Um, yeah. But I mean, like when it comes to Ollie, it's understandable. It, he he doesn't really have an arch nemesis maybe like you know like uh deadshot merlin would probably be it you know but they need to keep the show going more than that so it was i think it was a good call if they can get the rights to use him then yeah fuck yeah use him to be fair i was super bitter because they got super close to telling thea at least it felt like it that ollie was um the arrow because she's asking roy like after hours at her nightclub thing, she's like, what happened to my brother? Where is he? He hasn't talked to me in like days. He's not answering his phone. Please ask the arrow what's going on. And then you see him and Diggle and Felicity have like a conversation in their little weird underground bunker uh, back room thing that nobody ever seems to find them in. Um, the arrow cave. base, obviously. But like, isn't it underneath the club? Like, isn't it, it like it downstairs? Is underneath, it's underneath the club, yeah. Yeah, and he just said, I have to go, like, Roy in their episode just said, I have to go check the stock room. Like, that's the stock room? <laughs> How has none of the other, like, waiters or waitresses or anybody been no, like, it's like a... hey, I just need to get, like, another box of whatever the fuck. What is all this stuff doing? Why is there an arrow here? Like, that's never happened? Like, I don't fucking know. I think, I no, I think they, they, they explained it in one of, I think it has a DNA thing. Like oh, a finger, like a fingerprint scan or like, something. It's like that movie. Thank you for smoking, where they're trying to like talk about like um, Catherine Zeta Jones and somebody else like smoking in space, and he's like, "But there's no, it's like a vacuum. You can't do that because of the oxygen." And then J.K. Simmons is just like, "That's easy fix. Just tell him we invented the so and so device, whatever." <laughs> <laughs> or no, that wasn't J.K. Simmons. That was um fucking Rob Lowe <laughs> being perfect. Uh, yeah, but yeah, so that just reminds perfect. me of that. So. Whatever. It is what it they're, is. I have a pretty all, hefty suspension of disbelief when it comes to comics anyway, so whatever. <laughs> they're already rumoring an Adam spinoff now, too. Um, I don't know how I feel about that, that like, gut reaction. Power to, like, will that carry as well? I no, so. man. I, I would not want that. Like, he's actually... He's actually a really enjoyable part of the show because yeah. he brings a lot, like he brings a lot of levity to a show that's otherwise pretty dark. Um, like, I feel... Like, uh, like Felicity was kind of like the main, um, like, and like having him there, he's like always just like super hyper and like really energetic. And he's, um, he kind of brings like a bit of the flash world into yeah, Arrow. Yeah, he's just silly. <laughs> yeah. And I actually like really like him as a character and, um, but yeah, I don't think, I don't, I really don't think that Adam is a powerful, like a, he's not a deep enough character to hold his own show. 
Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Also, like, I just can't get over the fact that his face constantly looks like it's photoshopped. So, like, I just don't. I wouldn't be able to sit well with it. (laughs) He's just too, like, I don't want to say, like, good looking. Like, he's a good looking dude. But, like, that's not the word. Like, like, he looks, like, too plasticine. Like, in Doctor Who, when they all have, like, those weird, like, plastic doppelgangers that, like, come out. And, like, it just feels like one of those for me. But, like, not super creepy. I don't know. I'm weird. Stop listening to me. <laughs> Somebody else say things. <laughs> uh, things that we're <laughs> excited about. Uh, oh, yes, that's right. Uh, we kind of missed this over the break, uh, but I know we're all really big fans of Spider-Gwen, and we know that she's going to be getting yeah. her own book coming up later this year. Uh, but also, Cindy Moon, uh, none other than Silk, uh, the newest uh, Spider-Man character, who uh, has been romping about within the Spider-Verse storyline. Um, she's going to be getting her own book uh, coming in February. And actually caught my eye because, uh, as usual, with a number one, they're having Scotty Young do a cover variant. And uh, looks good. Um, I'm excited to see more from uh, Silk. Uh, she's Was there any sort of preview, um, like text, as to what the comic's going to be about? No, the only thing that I have seen so far is the uh, is just the fact that it's going to be. I thought they had a writer attached. Uh, no, we don't have a writer attached to this yet. It doesn't. I mean, there's got to be a writer attached to it. I think Robbie Thompson. Yeah, Robbie Thompson and Stacy Lee are going to be the writer and artist, uh, respectively. Um, and it looks like yeah so yeah she's going to be she's going to have a whole bunch of stuff going on like uh Robbie Thompson of course has done some writing for Supernatural yeah um a couple other shows <laughs> um but um but yeah i don't know like it's I don't know. It's going to be awesome to see more from this character that really we know like a good chunk about, but not a whole lot about, you know? Yeah, it'll be interesting. She's, I mean, she's a really huge component to like what's going on in Spider-Verse right now. Um, In the last horrible issue of Spider-Verse where they showed that Uncle Ben is a fucking Spider-Man for some goddamn reason because that needed to exist in some goddamn universe. Uh, Don't worry, folks. We'll get into just a moment. (laughs) Yeah. there, there's kind of like a prophecy that they read, and she's part of it. I'm pretty sure because um, they announced yeah. like, or they, 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 I think she's called the Bride. Yeah. Um, and she's part of it, so she's definitely like a huge part of the Spider Verse. I'm kind of interested because I just read the little like, um, just the blurb. little, yeah, the little blurb, and it says, uh, "Cindy's on her own in New York City, searching for her past." So, uh, it's interesting that they would say like she's on her own. So I don't know where Spider-Man is, but uh, yeah, I'll definitely check it out. She's been a fun character. I, I actually know, really been like a lot her. Of deaths lately in Marvel. <laughs> if they kill Peter Parker, <laughs> I'm fucking out, dude. I'm out. Like for reals. Like Marvel can like they need to pay me all the money that I've given to them over the years, and I'm done. <laughs> I'd like three percent back on top, please. <laughs> and it'll just be one guy, one girl talk comics. <laughs> It's, it will be so bad. Um, but I really like her character, actually. I, I like 
as convoluted and silly as like her backstory is, I actually really enjoy her as a character. And, um, you know, like, I didn't feel like they were like, Oh, this is a female Spider-Man. Like they weren't like shoehorning her in. They, they really did like want to introduce a character that was like a little more dynamic than just like, Oh, this is another spider girl. Um, so I'll check it out. And it comes out the same week, I think as spider Gwen. So that's cool. Uh, yeah, they'll both be out, um, I think it's the second week of February. Yeah, it looks uh, like it. We got some time before we get February. there. So. Yeah, February also has, like, Darth Vader 1 and 2. We're going to get that second Star Wars book then, so. Uh, yeah, they get... announced an- another Star Wars book, too. February also brings new saga, the Thor versus Thor battle I've been waiting for. <laughs> like, so many things. Wait, Ryan, you said they announced another Star Wars book? Uh, it was shown off in the solicits. They didn't like officially announce it, but it was shown off in the solicits. It's called like Young Padawan Kanan or something like that. That's amazing. Um, yeah, yeah, and uh, I don't think like they officially Ooh, could that be like a character from one of the like TV shows that they're running right now. Uh, it is. Like it's Rebels from Star Wars Rebels. He is from Rebels. Okay. okay. Uh, that's what it, it's called. Kanan, the Last Padawan. That's oh, what it's called. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, so fancy. Uh, it will be uh, 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 April 2015. Oh, guys. Yeah, there's a guys. cover out for it already. There's a writer. <laughs> Don't worry, folks. Good news. I'm going through the solicits. You know what else is coming out in uh, February? Avengers vs. X-Men Axis hardcover. Oh, uh, shit. Uh, perfect weight for chucking up. into the moon. Yeah? <laughs> yeah? Or you could just pull, like, a Cyclops with a Sentinels in one of the first issues of X-Men ever and just be like, hey, you should go fight the sun. That'll solve your problems. <laughs> and then they'll do it. Oh, <laughs> because writing. <laughs> uh, it was a simpler time. Anyways, <laughs> we're, ex- time. <laughs> we're really excited about uh, Silk. Um, but as Ryan already mentioned, uh, I guess that's the perfect place for us to start for comics this week. Uh, it was a week we were talking earlier that we were... Kind of a little bit like disappointed in some of the releases and so uh, the Spider Verse trifecta, or I guess there were four comics because Scarlet Spiders came out this week also. Um, yeah, the, it was not it was not bueno. Um, as as Ryan mentioned, <laughs> it was revealed that in the universe where Ben uh, Uncle Ben is alive. Uh, he gave up being Spider-Man after, does it say like the Green Goblin, I think? Yeah, but his name is the Emerald, oh, what was it? Yeah. It's a, it's like a Green Goblin, like, parallel. It's but like the Emerald him... Kobold or something ridiculous? <laughs> it's or... like the Emerald Glider, I want to say, or some oh, bullshit man. like that. But in it's... the worst part is it's just a picture of Green Goblin. Like, they were so lazy, they didn't even give him a different costume. It's like <laughs> classic purple elf hat Green Goblin. So bad. So, so, the so Emerald bad. Elf figured out yeah. my secret identity. Oh. Uh, yeah. Gross. The Emerald Elf. <laughs> the Keebler Elf's arch nemesis. <laughs> so they sneak into their tree and steal all their treats. God, man. On a super sweet hoverboard. <laughs> With like a that, super silly oh hat. Oh, my God. That Uncle Ben costume. <laughs> oh, God. Atrocious. Yeah, I mean, so... <laughs> You know, we've seen a whole lot of different Spider-Men, like, assembled. Spider-Men and Spider-Ladies as well. Um, and, like, oh, man, like, we've seen some really cool stuff. Like, 
we've got to see a whole bunch of like silk. We've got to see more of Spider Gwen. Um, and there's like giant Robo Spider Man. They even have like a nod to like Japanese Spider Man. How there's like three <laughs> or four of them. Um, but yeah, they can't all be winners. <laughs> God, like I mean, I guess like the idea is that it's like you know this guy is like the nearly like the eternal opposite of like uncle ben like as we know him you know but like god man like to hear to read like uncle ben written like such a coward is kind of terrifying i don't know i guess that's the feeling they want to evoke right no mission fucking accomplished (laughs) who wrote this fucking comic okay there's literally a sentence in Uh, oh dan Dan slot your favorite mm -hmm. um there's literally Just a saying, sentence. I mean, scoreboard, <laughs> no? <laughs> this is a real sentence. Petey thought it was the bee's knees. That's a real... It's like Stan Lee wrote this fucking comic book. Yeah, back in the age when they all thought that teenagers were just, like, shorter adults. <laughs> like, like, with the weird catchphrases. Like, God bless you, Stan Lee. I love you so much, but you are, like, the worst writer ever. Uh. Another yeah. another clip here, okay? Uh, all right, let's do this. In and out. No one will even know we're gone. You and me. That's a line. Uh, it's about teleportation, yeah. not what you were thinking about, friends. Um, <laughs> what? Yeah, I don't know. I um, it had one cool scene when um the spider totem shows up and he kills the oldest um when he kills the dad of the oh yeah morlin's dad or whatever morlin's dad yeah which was pretty cool um and then morlin goes all like ape on it and like fucking slams its own tendril through its head um yeah and i like i'm very interested to see like how the story arc ends of course but this issue i think was like a real like low point is kane right that's the totem's kane um yeah. no well i mean there's three spider-men the other is kane the scion is um mayday parker's brother benji and then the bride is silk yeah every uh, time you say the bride i just think kill bill and i can't make my mind stop it yeah that's understandable that's a good connection to Should make I beep at least. Out every time we say her name then <laughs> <laughs> like you could <laughs> only for the first time we talk about it i guess <laughs> Yeah, overall, though, with comics this week, I was pretty underwhelmed in general. Yeah, I feel that. Um, All New X-Factor had a pretty big twist at the end, um, like a big reveal, I guess. Yeah, so <laughs> it was pretty funny to see uh, Snow and uh, what's-his-face react that way. Miguel um, O'Hara? Miguel. Yeah, Miguel yeah. Um, from Spider-Man 2099. Uh, but basically... Uh, spoilers, uh, this is the end of, uh, all new X Factor 20. It's been, uh, canceled essentially. And so, uh, Peter David and Carmen Giandomenico have, uh, Giandomenico. <laughs> Try that one again. <laughs> Carmine Giandomenico. There we go. That's, yeah, that's uh, better. And they, uh, they've done a, um, kind of, a. a a reasonable job of kind of wrapping up everything um, that kind of happened with the team and putting mostly, I think the, the teammates in, in a good place. But uh, um, I do love that warlock and danger just totally have sex in this comic. It's not even like, it's like, it's like robo word idea sex. 
Yeah, they like technomorph basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm I actually I'm a big like Miguel O'Hara fan. I read the 2099 line not that long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's I like still liked, running, like, right? Uh, well, no, I read the original one. Oh, okay, like, not that long ago. Like yeah, I went yeah. back and reread it. Yeah, and like Spider-Man 29, 2099 was probably one of the only ones like that I wasn't completely just like laughing my ass off at the whole time. <laughs> the best. That's well, part on it. Like anytime Punisher throws a grenazer, like best thing that's ever happened in my life. Oh my gosh! As a kid, um, Spider Man twenty ninety nine was so much of like oh, the future Spider Man. You know yeah. when when you're a little kid and the first time that they're like, uh, you know, they're like, you need a password for something and it needs to have numbers. My password was Spider Man twenty ninety nine. Like just <laughs> straight up text all the way across. And I've always oh. loved his like costume design too. Like he yeah. had a badass costume. Um, but it's an interesting like setup at the end. It's like kind of a good tie in to everything that's going down. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I thought it was like a cool reveal because they did a I mean, um Peter David did a good job the whole time too of like keeping snow like super mysterious. Yeah. Uh so I don't know. I thought that was probably my favorite comic of the week from any side really. Uh I don't think there was anything from DC I was super pumped on. Because yeah. uh, New Secret Six doesn't come out until February. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. Um, um I've actually really enjoyed played Batman Superman lately um and this one this Batman Superman was actually pretty hilarious because they have like a super bromance moment because the whole story arc has been about like Superman's Joker like this guy is just like fucking with Superman hardcore like he keeps um like he shot like kryptonite bullets at Supergirl and like he tried to kill Steel um he's like attacking all of his close like the people closest to him even like his villains like he attacked Lex Luthor and so him and Batman are trying to figure out who it is and Batman goes and gets Lois Lane and like uses her as bait and because he's Batman yeah and so like Superman goes to like save her and the bullet that shot at her goes right past her into Batman and the whole time the guy's like I know who the real target is the one you can fight in the most the one you'll miss more than any other when he dies. <laughs> and I was just like, I was like, ah, oh, they're totally like romantic. That's adorable. Uh, yeah. So like, I actually kind of like enjoyed that. I've always liked like when it's written well, the Superman, like Batman dynamics actually really interesting. Did, did any of you take a peek at uh Batman 66 this week? <laughs> you stopped talking for my cable this week. Oh, <laughs> Oh, I said, did, did any of you guys hear Batman 66, see Batman 66 this week? No. Uh, I didn't read it. Uh, so Batman 66, the storyline is that uh, the Joker has become Joker Man, and he drives up in a, uh, like a obvious Joker knockoff of the Batmobile and stops criminals because he's like, I can do this even better than you, Batman. And like... <laughs> Robin and Batman pull up like all late to like the criminals already tied up and the cops are like, don't worry guys. The, uh, the Joker took care of this. (laughs) I love that the villain in it too is Egghead who was played by, um, oh my God. He was was played by Vincent Vincent Price. Yeah. There you go. Original TV show. Yeah. So fucking fantastic. Oh, and then I read Teen Titans, which had Power Girl in yes. it. Yes, 
um, really not much of a <laughs> not much going on there. Yeah, I felt kind of bad after we kind of highlighted that last week. They kind of yeah, did her dirty. She was kind of <laughs> just like a, uh, she was kind of just a background character in that story. She really is like nothing but like honestly, they focused more on like how creepy man. Manchester Black is when he hits on Wonder Girl. God, what the hell is going on with Manchester Black? Oh, oh I was not okay with reading that comic. Andy, can so I just get a soundbite of you saying "ditter dirty" so I can make that my ringtone? Uh, uh, well, don't worry. After the podcast, I'll record that as many times as you need. Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah. Oh my gosh, it was you know it really was kind of a disappointing week. Um, uh, kind of hopping on that Bendis train, uh, Marvel released a uh, number one issue, a new, like, it's not really a reboot, but it's a, hey, it's Bendis, and guess what? It's a time jump forward in uh, the Powers series, um, and it kind of jumps forward to after, you know, a whole bunch of stuff has happened. If you've read the book, if you read Powers in the past, and you jump on now, you'll be like, what the fuck happened to get here? Um, if you haven't read any of Powers, I think it's it's a double issue, like most of the um, early you know premieres have been for the Powers series. So if you haven't read the series at all, it's a pretty decent read, like all the way through. It gives you a, a kind of idea of like where um, the cops are in relation to Powers, and it doesn't really hinge on too much of the old like knowledge from the past. Um, <clears throat> you, if you're coming in fresh, you should be fine reading the comics. So, um, and then the other thing was uh, Moon Knight, uh, which admittedly has declined in uh, quality after Garth Ennis left the, left the project. Mm. Um, uh, Warren Ellis. Warren Ellis. Sorry, man, I have fucking uh, Hellblazer on the mind. <laughs> um, just can't get enough Constantine. Uh, but <laughs> for real. Uh but um but yeah, after Warren Ellis left, um the the comic did take a, a bit of a dip, but uh I don't know, I like uh, the art style um of this comic has just been fantastic. Uh I think they've done a good job of keeping it excuse me, ooh, uh consistent all the way through and uh I've I've been really enjoying it. Moon Knight to me has always been one of my favorite characters in comics. And I was a little disappointed to see him kind of like fade out a bit, but uh, Greg Smallwood's doing a great job on the art, and, and uh, I don't know, I enjoyed it. So I agree. I, uh, Moon Knight, like this issue, kind of again felt more like a filler issue than more than anything. Um, but I'm interested to see like what happens. I think it's being written, like you said, it's took a dip since he left, but it's still like an interesting comic. Um, and I agree, like Moon Knight's also just such an awesome character that's underutilized all over the Marvel universe. So, um, some of the also, some of the layouts and the page design for the for this issue was just fantastic. I mean, it's been like this all the way through the comic, um, this most recent run. But like, I don't know, like the title page when when they show like him like sleeping in four positions with the four different colorations, like. I don't know. Yeah. It's like perfectly like shows like the passage of time and stuff. Uh I love it. Can't get enough. And then I, I was actually um I looked at the wrong my wrong image folder. Um this week had Rumble number two by John Arcudi and James Heron. Yeah. Uh Spread number five by Justin Jordan and Kyle Stram, and then Wicked and Divine um by Gillen and McKelvey. So yeah. uh once again uh, image had a solid roster of comics come out this week yeah the other two publishers stumbled and image was like nah we're we just gonna this. keep making great comics guys 
you know. <laughs> and again, if you guys aren't reading them, um, Rumble is just like a beautiful, like really kinetic, uh, energetic, uh, very violent comic. Uh, spread is very violent as well, but kind of in a different direction. It, it reminds me a lot of like John Carpenter's The Thing, just like super gory. Um, like over the top blood and then Wicked and the Divine is a whole fucking trip to itself that you really have to read to I am not even going to try to explain that fucking comic book. I feel like image at this point is just like like let's just say in this analogy, like you're like a lady person and you're dating Marvel slash DC and they just keep on fucking standing you up for dates and not calling you back and not telling you that you look pretty. And then image is like that guy that you work with, that you're friends with. He's good looking, but you're like with somebody already. And, and he like just... keeps making you mixtapes and you're like, he just gets me. And he's just like so nice all the time. He's like, you don't deserve that here. And then he's just like there for you like all the time. And like <laughs> that's just like the most accurate like thing i can think of to relate them um because yeah when every like it doesn't matter like who shows up or who kind of like lets you down but image has always been there for us yeah speaking of other wonderful things uh <laughs> drifter from Sorry. image this week was fantastic as well uh i just can't get over the art from this comic it looks drifter. all goofy and weird but i don't know i'm down didn't we mention drifter in a in a previous uh, yes. episodes ivan yeah. brandon nick klein uh only... mentioned like episode water yeah it's only like uh, we're only like one two this is only the third issue so um but it's like dystopian space craziness very good it's 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 worth a look so so yeah so we had a we had a great week from image uh and kind of a disappointing week from uh, everyone else from the other <laughs> two comics um oh there was something i wanted to ask uh one of you guys about dc this week uh <laughs> yeah in eternal uh oh like, batman yeah in yeah. batman eternal there's like all there's a bazillion batman batman i, I was really confused i i don't know i think it showed my age like i was like hey look there's batgirl and then i was like wait who are all those other people oh wait there's the red hood uh i, I don't know who that person is you know the only one I didn't know was the new chick. Yeah. It was um, but it's Red Hood and Red Robin and Batgirl. It's Harper. At least that's her real name. Yeah, that's her know. real name. It's the first time she's like put the suit on, so I don't really like know who is she, she is. Like, is she like oh, the new uh, Nightwing? Is that what she's supposed to be? She's black it, and blue. It could be. And then the blonde chick, Stephanie, that's spoiler. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes a lot more sense now. All right. <laughs> this comic makes a lot of sense now. And, uh, okay. Uh, you guys just <laughs> solved that for me right there. All okay. right. Uh, the other thing is, uh, Wonder Woman. Did any of you guys read that this week? No. no. Uh, it, was, it was fucking <laughs> grim and fucking, like, A-plus violent. Comic book podcasting. Oh, man. This... My, bro- my brother said, like, ever since it, like, they, like, uh, uh Azrael left it just hasn't been as nearly as good so yeah it's i mean they brought back donna troy apparently she's yeah gonna be the new queen of she's a villain now yeah and she's like twisted by like the fates that like yeah god it's so uh, uh i feel like i'm so lost on all of the dc comics right now yeah yeah, me too. I was when they rebooted their entire universe. So <laughs> that's when I stopped giving a shit. I'm just going to keep buying Batgirl. That's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to buy Batgirl. I'm going to 
I'm going to love bad girl taking selfies. And uh, <laughs> that's where I'll leave my DC. When I read DC, it's like when I watch Lost, like when it was on. I'm like, I just like, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I've watched everything up until now and I still have no idea what's happening. When I watch Lost, I just kind of think of it as like one of those songs where like you know all the words to it and you know all like the actual like music to it, but you have no fucking idea what they're trying to say. <laughs> but no. you like it. No, Lost is the shared, terrifying, shameful experience that you share with your friends and you all giggle about in the night uh, because you're <laughs> like, we all shared that we all went through that and we all know how bad it really was. But it's like a collective fever dream exactly. that nobody can actually understand that actually happened. <laughs> we all went to limbo for a while, guys. <laughs> My favorite exchange about Lost to this day is still like the scene from Zack and Mary make a porno when they're actually trying to like film the porno. <laughs> and then you hear, um, what's her name? That porn star, uh, Katie something. Uh, I don't, I don't remember, but she's talking to, um, Morgan. Ah, yeah. Oh I my gosh. Thank you. Um, her and the guy who plays Randall, uh, Jeff, something i don't know fuck it but um she's it's her and randall talking back and forth like hey hey do you watch you watch lost last night <laughs> he's like they're on the island they're off the island who the fuck can keep track anymore i Jeff think Anderson they're in hell is ah, thank you thank Clerks. you yeah it's those two and muse and like it's just the most perfect like summary of that show that i could possibly think of <laughs> it happened while they're Two people like simulating sex on top of a coffee <laughs> counter. So A plus. <laughs> oh man. But uh yeah, so with that, I think that is all of the comics that we have for this oh, week. Wow. Uh, That's I think shameful way to end it. Yeah. <laughs> We'll, well do better next time. Yeah, Sorry. next week we've got... <laughs> Please uh, keep listening. Yeah, we've got some some great comics that are out next week. Um, I know uh, Thor number four is going to be coming out next week. Um, so there's still a lot of you know issues coming up. We're going to finally get another comic of Punk Rock Dazzler and Uncanny X-Men uh, <laughs> coming up also. So, you know, next week... There's some possibilities, so stay with us. Uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we will have some more comic news, notes, and recommendations for you next week. Until then, enjoy your comics, and we'll see you next time. To hear more of Two Guys, a Girl, in a Comic Book podcast, or to share your thoughts and comic recommendations, follow us on Twitter at 2G1GTalkComics. That's the number 2G, the number 1G, talk comics or if you'd like to email the show directly you can do so at two guys and a girl talk comics at gmail.com all letters this time as always you can find more episodes of the show by visiting our podbean at two guys and a girl talk once again thank you guys so much for listening to the show and we'll see you next time